We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green with you this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us and for being a part of the solution just by listening today. You're taking a step to be a part of the solution to save America, save liberty, restore biblical values, be a catalyst for a restoration of those values in your community. So thanks for being a part of the team. Lock and Shields with us. Hope to throw some great intellectual ammunition your way. That's our job. We just equip you, man. We just give you the truth. And then you go out there in the community and share it with friends and family. Act on it in positive, good, salt and light ways right there where you live. I think we've forgotten just how important the salt is. The meat is spoiling, folks. This culture is crumbling right before our eyes. And I know there's a lot of places we can place the blame, but the most important place to look is right at our own feet, at us, at, at we the people, we the church, not being salt and light for the last couple of generations as we should have been. But we're waking up. We're waking up. There is an awakening across the country, and it's exciting to see. I think, unfortunately, it's just our human nature. Sometimes it's just got to get so bad that we finally say, okay, 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 Lord, I'll do my duty. Or finally we'll say, huh, maybe I should have been paying attention and studying and and realizing uh, what was happening. But for whatever reason, we are waking up and that is good, good news. And we're seeing good results. I mean, people that are actually acting on the things we teach here are seeing good results with their local school districts, with 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 their homeschool movements, with churches awakening, winning elections pushing back some of the radical, radical leftist agenda out there. And uh, you may not hear much of that. You may not know about a lot of the good news that's happening because that's not typically reported in the major media, but I bet you're seeing a lot of the negative. So what we try to do is give you all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, we're not Pollyanna. We don't just wave the flag for the sake of waving the flag. We wave the flag because that American flag is worthy of being waved. It stands for something. But we we don't we don't just kind of say, oh, everything's going to work out. OK, we're not we're not blind. We're not fools like Proverbs talks about, you know, the fool that walks blindly on and suffers the consequences. No, we want to try our best to be that wise person that Proverbs says foresees danger and takes precautions. And and we want to be willing to seek wisdom. We want to be, be, be willing to know the truth. And so sometimes that's a brutal truth. I mean, it's let's just be honest, but we got to be eyes wide open. That's why you'll hear me say over and over again on the program, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're always looking at all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We want to know what's happening that's good. we got to recognize and, and, and be eyes wide open to know that there is bad and ugly, and then how do we deal with it? How do we do our part to make sure that, in fact, as, as uh, we see often, actually, God taking the plans of the evil and, and turning it for good? I think we need some some uh, Mordecai Haman type stories <laughs> in America right now. And there's uh, uh, not only is there nothing wrong with praying for those kind of things, it's absolutely right to pray for those things. We need to be in Psalms a whole lot more than we are. You know, there's so many of these great Psalms that are specifically about asking God to to rain down on the enemy the plans that the enemy had for us. And frankly, I think we need more of that. We need some of that tough. Uh, some of that tough Christianity, not just this this wimpy mamsy pamsy, just you know this idea that love means you know you just pet lambs all day and and you're 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 nice, nice. I think nice has become completely distorted. Christian niceties 
have got us in this situation. We're missing so much of the Bible. There, there's a time to turn over tables. There's a time to fashion a whip. There's a, there's a time to be like Jesus. He was the lamb, but he was also the lion. And, and there's a time to be like the great heroes of the faith, the, the, the ones that were willing to, to fight, willing to, to stand, willing to have the courage to say no to the culture, the Daniels, the Shadrachs, the, 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 the JLs, the Debras, the, the so many heroes like that. We just need more of that in our culture. So thank you for being a part of it just by listening. But then I'm also going to ask you to act on the things that you hear. John Hancock was the president of the Continental Congress. He's, he's really one of the major rabble rousers that helped to make the revolution happen. Pretty wealthy guy, very wealthy guy, actually. You know, Sam Adams uh, was sort of the, the poor guy with, a, with great ideas and great courage and stood up. And Hancock really uh, locked shields with him in many, many ways. But Hancock was president of the Continental Congress when we did the Declaration of Independence. And one of my favorite quotes from Hancock is where he said, I urge you by all that is dear, by all that is honorable, by all that is sacred, not only to pray, but to act. So he's not saying don't pray. Oh, man, the power of prayer and how much more we need that, how much more I need that. Man, I need more time on my knees just seeking God. Just, just I, We all need that. But we also need to act. And that's what, what Hancock was saying, not only to pray, but to act. And I know that you, you wouldn't be listening today if that wasn't you. So let's get into some of the headlines. We'll also go to the phones. You can call in if you want to be a part of the program today with questions or comments, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. If you're a first-time listener, my name is Rick Green. I'm uh, with Patriot Academy. We have a youth leadership program, constitution training program. We teach biblical worldview and how to be good biblical citizens. We have a constitutional defense program we do where we teach handgun training during the day and constitution training at night. And uh, flagship program is uh, is what we call the uh, Patriot Academy Leadership Congress. We do that in state capitals across the nation with young people and military veterans. And American Family has been a great partner of ours on that for years and years. And uh, in fact, Walker Wabba came out uh, to Patriot Academy years ago and and uh, just uh, have had a wonderful relationship with the Wabba family. And and that's uh, kind of how we got to here with AFA at the Core was Walker said, hey, man, why don't you come start uh, hosting AFA at the Core on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I said, let's do it. So uh, we're teaming up now, and and you'll kind of get a mix throughout the week. I'll be with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Walker with you on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then Fridays we'll flip a coin, see who ends up being with you. I think this week I'll be with you. So anyway, Rick Green and Walker Wildman, we're both now hosting AFA at the Core, and thanks again for joining us. Okay, that phone number again, 888-589-8840. First headline I want to get to is the school choice victory at the Supreme Court. Big, big decision from the Supreme Court uh, released today. And uh, this is a big one, folks. This is huge. I, I ran for the legislature for this issue. Actually, two issues, school choice and and property rights, property taxes. I wanted to abolish property taxes in, in Texas. I think it's wrong that you have to rent your government. Your, rent your government. <laughs> I wish you, wish you could rent your government. That means you could, you could break the lease anytime you wanted. No, uh, you have to rent your property from the government. Uh, I mean, no matter what you pay for it, no, you work your whole life, you know, you pay off that 30 year mortgage and yet you still have to rent the property from the government. You're a serf on feudal land. If you don't believe that, try not paying those property taxes. The government will be taking that property from you in a New York minute. And so anyway, I ran for the legislature 24 years ago in 1998 uh, for the purpose of abolishing property taxes in Texas and getting school choice. I believe to my core. Yep. Uh, pun intended for the show. Anyway, I believe to my core that competition is good for any product, whatever that product may be. I don't care if it's cars, if it's radio programs or education. And when you don't have competition, 
the person providing the product has no incentive to improve, no incentive to get better, no incentive to to go the extra mile. And that that monopoly starts causing the product to get worse and worse. And the customer has nowhere to go. So when you do a monopoly in education like we've done, it, it automatically, it's a law of nature. It automatically causes that product to get worse and worse instead of getting better and better. And every time we've seen school choice anywhere, it's made the product better for everyone. Not only the kids that escape really bad schools and get into better schools, but even for the kids in the bad schools, those people running that school start seeing all that money leaving, walking out the door, and they start improving and they get better. So school choice uh, has been a passion of mine for decades. It's absolutely necessity a necessity if we're going to improve the education system. <clears throat> and anybody that's against school choice is for the monopoly. I mean, there's just no other way around it. If you if you don't want school choice, if you don't want competition, then you're okay with the monopoly, which means you're okay with a bad product. You're okay with trapping kids in schools that are not teaching reading, writing, arithmetic. They're failing at that. Kids are more worried about you know getting beat up or or somebody showing up and shooting them or whatever else horrible thing might happen to them, rather than worrying about getting a good education. And and we've created that situation by not allowing competition in school choice. So this one's a a personal one for me. I mean, I, I pushed for this when I was in the legislature. We couldn't get anywhere <clears throat> during my two terms in the state legislature on, on school choice because the teacher unions owned the legislature and, and and they spent so much money to shut us down and keep us from being able to get competition. And still in Texas, we don't have it. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say this, but in the great state of Texas where I live, supposed to be the mecca of freedom, supposed to be the, 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 the place that everybody else wants to be. It's what I've always said and, and believed. But yet here on this major core issue, we have still failed. The Republican Party can't deliver on it. Uh, Democrats were in charge when I was in the in the legislature and and you couldn't get bipartisan agreement on it, even though I had co you know sponsors and and legislators that were Democrats from inner city areas like Houston. They knew they knew. I mean, they were advocates for school choice because they said we want our kids to get a good education and our schools are falling apart. And we know that competition will make it better. And we want to give these kids a chance to take the money and go somewhere else and get a better education. So at any rate, we still haven't accomplished that in Texas. But some states have. And, and some states have done, you know, education savings accounts. They've done, you know, full-blown school choice. There's, there's, there's a variety of, of ways to do this. The, the, the principal factor is give the kid, give the family an option. If they're, if they're in a failing school or even if they're not, I mean, what, you know, some kids, it's just certain learning environments are better for them. Instead of treating kids like, you know, in in a conveyor belt cookie cutter situation where everybody is taught exactly the same, that's communism, folks. That's not capitalism. That's not freedom. That's not the American way. Competition allows you to meet the needs of that particular kid and for that kid and their parents to choose you know, I mean, maybe they want to choose a, 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 a school where they focus on the arts and, the, and that kid gets to really spend more time and be around other students that that are musically talented like them or, or, or artistically talented in some other way. Well, let them go to a cool school like that and spend more time on what their passion is, especially when once they get into middle school and high school, they can start zeroing in on what they love and what God's called them to and what they're what their what their heart's desire is. So competition is good in, in all of those ways. And when you don't have it, it's not good. Well, one of the th- reasons that school choice has been stymied and, and, and prevented from happening in a lot of places is that people have argued, oh, you can't you can't trust parents to take the money and, and spend that money at a, at a school. It'll be wasted or they'll be taken advantage of or or they might spend it at a religious school. 
Yeah, yeah, they might they might actually take the money and 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 allow their kid to go to a school where they're learning reading, writing, and the arithmetic, but they're not being taught, you know, that there's 47 genders and they're not being allowed to have boys and girls bathrooms and they're they're reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they they might even they might even teach the Ten Commandments at that school. Actually, teach the kids that that murder is a bad idea. I mean, I mean that's a scary thing, right? I mean, that we would actually allow kids to learn those kind of things. Yeah, that's exactly what happens with school choice, and that's the reason I've been so for it for decades, because it's obvious when you remove God from the equation, when you say there is no right and wrong, and the only thing that's wrong is to get caught, you're going to get a worse culture. You're going to get more of these mass murder events, more of more crime, um, all of the bad things that a culture doesn't want. And so I thought, you know, why? I don't care if that kid goes to a Muslim school. If they go to uh, another religious school, at least they're getting some concept of right and wrong. They're getting a a value system. I'm not saying they ought to all have to go to a Christian school. They could go to a secular private school that at least teaches some character traits. Anyway, so I think the more kids you get out of the system that the court, uh, the courts over the last 50 years has made to be so secular that you can't teach right and wrong, the more kids you get out of that system and into a school where they teach right and wrong, the better for everybody, the better for the culture. Well, some states have been doing this, and even the you know liberal state of Maine has been allowing some school choice, and yet they would not allow you to take your dollars and go to a school that taught any religion whatsoever. So it was incredibly discriminatory. I mean, this was a, a very on-its-face anti-First Amendment, anti-freedom of religion policy that Maine had. And so this case, Carson B. Macon, uh, just came down from the Supreme Court, and I was I was reading my buddy Kelly Shackelford from uh, First Liberty Institute. He said, uh, we are thrilled that the court affirmed once again that religious discrimination will not be tolerated in this country. Parents in Maine and all over the country can now choose the best education for their kids without fearing retribution from the government. This is a great day for religious liberty in America. So this is a huge, huge victory. It's a victory for religion for the first amendment for freedom of religion and you being able to make that choice and it's also a victory for education and for competition and for being able to educate children better competition works think of every product that you enjoy it's had competition that's made it better those companies have competed for your dollars well they should have to compete for your kid they should have to compete for being able to educate your child and prove that they're going to give your kid the best education and if they don't you ought to be able to take that money and go somewhere else and get your kid an even better education. We're going to take a quick break. AFA at the core today. Phone numbers 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green. Look forward to hearing from you. We'll be right back on AFA at the core. So Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stopped. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Often when the concept of intercession is raised, we normally think about prayer. And we should. Prayer is one form of intercession. Here we see another, living intercession. At the climax of a plague, Aaron runs into the fray, armed with incense, and where he stands, the plague stops. Aaron literally stands between the living and the dead. May God move us to be living intercessors for our day, and where we take our stand in Christ, the plague stops. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Achievement test scores, college prep classes, internships, scholarships, leadership teams. What do you want to be when you grow up? Every young girl hears this question, and through the years, it can overwhelm her with pressure to have a world-impacting career chosen. Especially when her answer is, I don't really know, our girl might feel ashamed of her lack of clarity. If your girl feels the weight of impending adulthood, ease her anxieties with some affirming one-on-one time, talking through her interests and goals, and then open your hands, grasp hers, and go to the Father in prayer. Let the Lord's guidance be the driving force toward her adult years. Whether she steps into a teacher's shoes or pilots a plane, her impact and timing will fall securely in God's capable hands. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. You know, a lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to healthcare. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy, or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green with you this afternoon. Phone number to call in is 888-589-8840 with your comments or questions. 888-589-8840. We were talking about the case decided or released by the Supreme Court today that restores religious liberty and competition and freedom. So it basically says if you got a school choice program like they had in Maine and you're excluding religious schools. So in other words, the state of Maine was saying here you can take some of your money that would have been spent on your kid at a public school and you can go to a different school. That's a good good plan. Anytime you allow competition and you allow the parents to decide, because remember, the goal is to be educated. The goal is not to support the building or the school district or the system. The goal is to educate children. So who cares what the name on the building says? If, if for that kid and that family, there's a different building, a different school where that kid's going to get a better education and reach their goals, then why not let them take the money and, and go there? I mean, if the state's going to fund education, and that's a whole nother, nother debate, but that's the system we have. So if the state's going to fund education, let's say it's $10,000, it's someplace that's $20,000. It's getting crazy, but the state's going to spend 10,000 bucks a kid just for easy math. Then why not let that kid take that 10,000 and go where they can get best educated. And most school choice programs don't even allow them to take all 10. It's usually like, okay, you can take 80% of the money. So you get to take eight grand somewhere else. Two grand stays with the public school. So you actually increase per pupil funding for the kids that stay. 
So it's good for everybody. It actually makes it even even better for the kids that stay. Anyway, bottom line is they were they were letting them do something of that sort, but yet they were saying when you go pick out your other school, they cannot teach religion. And the Supreme Court said, uh, excuse me, hello, America, we're here. Um, I think maybe even we, we heard um, somewhere out of nowhere, George Bush was saying, America, America. Anyway, they, they definitely decided that in America, you cannot discriminate based on religion in that way. That's specifically what the First Amendment is all about. And so that's a big victory for school choice. It's a big victory for uh, for religious liberty. Uh, 6-3 decision. So you still had the three radicals on the left that still think it's okay to discriminate against people of faith. Now, that's not shocking, right? That's been kind of their M.O. for uh, since they've been on the court. And that's that's the goal of the left is to discriminate against the le- against people of, of faith. If you don't think that's true, you haven't listened much to the to the program. I and mean, you look at what's happening right now with the cancel culture. In fact, I'm reading a book right now by Michael Brown. I heard uh, John Cooper talking about it on his podcast, Cooper Stuff, which is outstanding, by the way. Uh, who would have ever thought that a rocker like John Cooper from Skillet would be the voice of reason in the in the culture and and be so biblically and theologically and constitutionally sound. I love the guy. I have always loved their music, but I love uh, what he's doing with with Cooper stuff. At any rate, he had uh, Michael Brown on there this, this, this last week, and I had not read much of Michael. I mean, I'm, I've seen him on programs, Doctor Michael Brown, I should say. Um, and so I'm reading his his book on on cancel culture, and it is it is truly. I mean, I, I do this every day, so I read these stories and hear these stories all the time. But to, to see in, in print and, and see them listed one after the, just the insanity of the canceling of people of faith, of removing them from polite society, removing them from the political debate. They hate you. They 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 want to silence you and remove you from the equation. And so this victory uh, to allow you to 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 participate in education, to have a school at your, at your church, if you have a school at your church to be able to receive um, you know, vouchers if you want. And I, I should make that point because there's a lot of conservatives out there. Not a lot. I should say that it used to be a lot more. But 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 there are there are many who say uh, we've got a private school and we don't want any government money. We don't want vouchers. And so so we don't want we don't want the strings that might come attached. I totally respect that. One hundred percent understand that. And I think the market takes care of that. When you allow for school choice, you will have public schools where they, the kids are often going to want to leave and go somewhere else. You will have private schools that accept vouchers, that accept whatever those 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 dollars are. And they're coming from the parent, not from the state. The state gives the money to the parent. The parent goes to the school. So it's it's more like a Pell Grant and that sort of thing that should not have strings attached. Uh, but just in case, just in case, you'll still have private schools that say no and don't take any of those funds. And so then the market will take care of it if the state then starts attaching strings to the money and starts coming in and regulating those private schools that took the vouchers, you will still have options in the market that did not do that. And that will work itself out. It'll take time. There'll be pain. That's all part of the process, but it will improve education overall. And it gives you the choice. Instead of taking the choice away from you, you can choose. I don't want the voucher. I don't want any government funds. I don't want to, um, as a parent, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to, we'll pay our own way. Or if you can't afford that and 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 the only way you can get your kid into a better school is the voucher, then absolutely you should be allowed to use it. And then the schools get to decide whether or not they, they want to accept it. So competition all the way around, really, really good, positive thing 
for us. So this was a, a great, great victory. Very, very excited uh, for um, for not just the state of Maine. This will apply to the rest of the country as well. So thankfully, uh, six of the nine justices saw that you should not discriminate based on religion. OK, let's head to the phones. The phone number is 888-589-8840 uh, to call in to AFA at the core this afternoon. First caller is from the great state of Texas, Tracy in Texas. Thanks for calling in. What part of Texas are you calling from, Tracy? Uh, Northeast Houston. All right. You're not too far from me. About three hours. I was just in Houston last weekend for the GOP convention for a, for a prayer breakfast nice. that morning. It was really nice. cool, well, man. We prayed some of those. Game across the street. <laughs> you were? Oh, well, we were uh, we were uh, praying some of those psalms I was talking about earlier. Anyway, go ahead, Tracy. <laughs> um, I have a question about the school choice issue. I used to work at a small Christian private school, and it was a wonderful little school, but the principal had told me that we could not accept any government funding because then they get to tell you what to teach. You know, so that's that's my concern with getting this money is that if we start voting yes to take this money, does that mean that now they're going to get to tell us what we can and can't teach? Superb question. Superb question. That's what I was just addressing is the whole idea that strings can come attached. Now, all the school choice programs that I support have have no strings. They, they, it's more like a Pell Grant. They give the money to the parent. The parent gets to decide where to spend the money. Uh, and and there's no strings attached. And if the parent wants to go to a Catholic school or a Christian school or a secular school or whatever it might be, a Montessori school, you know, they they get that choice. And the state does not have mandates with those uh, with those vouchers. That's the best way to do it. That's the way most of these programs work. Uh, but if they did, if they did start saying, now we get to tell you what to teach, and we get to have all these requirements attached to uh, the dollars. I would totally respect a school that says, no, we're just not going to do it. You're not going to have any say on our curriculum. In fact, if I ran a school, that's the way I would do it. I would say no, no say whatsoever from the state on the on the curriculum. So it's all about competition. It's all about leaving it up to people to decide. And then and then you have to. And here's what I always said as a legislator. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. So so people that did not want to do a school choice program because they said, well, you know, in the future, they might do strings. Well, they could do strings right now. The state could pass a law right now coming into private schools. In fact, a lot of states do this, coming into private schools and saying, you have to teach this or that. They could do that right now without competition. And so the price of the, well, how do you keep them from doing that? You get good legislators elected that make sure that state legislature doesn't do that. And it's the same way with competition. If you allow competition and you allow uh, you know parents to take the money and go spend it where they want, and then later on, there's always going to be people that want to control you. That's just the nature of the beast. That fight goes on every day in every state legislature across the country. So we have to constantly fight against them being able to do that. But in the meantime, I want to empower the parents to be able to get their kids out of these horrific public schools that are, you know, indoctrinating kids, teaching CRT, teaching drag queens, all this kind of crazy stuff they're teaching. Let parents take that money and go to a school that does not tear down everything that they're trying to teach at home. And, uh, and then, Obviously, we'll we'll continue to fight to make sure that there's no strings attached. But very, very good question, Tracy. It's exactly the right question to ask. So you're thinking exactly right. But there are solutions to prevent that from happening. And then, as I said, the market will have kind of a mixture of schools. There'll be some and it may be like the school that you were talking about that will never take the funds. That's totally OK. There's still a couple of colleges in in the United States that take zero uh, federal dollars. I think it's, you know, Hillsdale, Bob Jones. I don't think there's many more, but, um, you know, that's great. I, I love the fact that we have some like that. And then there are Christian, uh, you know, colleges that there's very few good ones left, but there's a few that do take government funds, but they don't allow the government to tell them what to do at all. And if the government ever did, they would stop taking the funds. And so there's, you know, different ways to, 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 
to play that game. And uh, but it definitely, I think we should be on the field and play that game uh, for sure. All right, next caller also from Texas. Texas dominating the call line so far today. Phone numbers eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. And this one is Donna. Donna in Texas. All right, what part of Texas are you in, Donna? Oh, Central Texas. I'm between Houston and Dallas. All right. So you're a little east of me. I'm Central Texas, but I'm west of Austin. <laughs> well, go for it. What's your comment or question, Donna? I I love it when you host the show. I learn so much. Oh, thank you. I really I appreciate it. And even though you talk fast and it's hard to follow you, it's just I still walk away just going, whoa. Okay. I need a about, I need a sign on my I need a sign on my desk that just says slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Go. laughs> well, well, I'm listening and talk to the other lady, and we talk about government funding and how that everybody can have the government funding if they choose the vouchers, the Pell grants, and all that other stuff. So it kind of went from where you know I believe in the same thing is that why are we giving money, especially people that don't have any kids in the school? Okay still giving money via their property taxes. That is insane to me. But anyway, government government subsidies where people take money from the government, I think is one of the biggest problems with schools, with government, local government, and uh, regional government, state government, whatever. If everybody would just get off the pacifier of taking government funding, we might be able to get somewhere with fighting, making the government smaller. Yeah. Well, Donna, you're right. I mean, that the principle you're speaking right there, I agree with a thousand percent. So then we have to back up and say, OK, yeah, there's no question. There's a ton of things government's doing and funding and giving people money for that government has zero business being involved in. No doubt about that. And that you're right on. That's I mean, that's why we're in debt. That That's why the market is so messed up right now because of all the friction in the market from the government government handouts and everything else. Education, though, you, you got it. You have to debate then. Is that a proper function of government? Is education something that government should be involved in or funding? Now, that's a big you know, that's a big question. I would argue long term, big picture. No, much better off to be left up to the churches, and the private uh, community the way that it used to be before we did public education. But I don't think there's a shortcut there. I think we're so we have such a huge education system right now, and everybody is so dependent on that system being what educates their kids um, that it would take some time to get off of that. But competition is what will help us to get off of that dependence on the government schools, on the on the quote unquote public schools. They're government schools and they're micromanaged by government agendas right now instead of being the good old schools that most of us that are. You know, if you're listening right now, you may have fond memories of your school. And it really was a community school. The federal government didn't tell you what to do. And you had pride in your, your school because you stood for the same values and, you know, everybody rooted for the teams because it represented those values. It's not that way anymore. Now these schools are actually tearing down your values. Um, so I, I do think Donna has a very important point, And that is, you know, less dependence on government is the direction we need to be heading. No doubt about it. Education's a, a trickier one. Because it is so entrenched and because that money is already being spent to such a high degree. Now, I will say, Donna, I, I'm all for defunding at the college level first. I don't think there's any reason for our state legislatures to be spending. Texas spends about $20 billion a year or a biennium on these these universities that are indoctrinating and, and tearing down America and doing everything they can to undermine the very system that we're supposed to be supporting. 
public education in virtually every state constitution is defined and the purpose is to have informed citizens. So the reason to even have it is to teach them how a constitutional republic works. The most important thing they learn is supposed to be how to be a good citizen. And we don't even teach that at all anymore. I mean, it's it may be glossed over once or twice. I, I did pass a bill in Texas that requires them to study the Constitution and the Declaration every year. So at least they're exposed to it a, a little bit more. But we're failing miserably in teaching people to understand how to be a good citizen. 74% of Americans cannot even name the three branches of government. <laughs> You thought it was just AOC? No, it's 74% of Americans cannot name the three branches of government. So we're failing miserably at the main purpose of it. Um, so I'm, I'm almost making Donna's argument for her here. If we would get government out of this thing, I think competition would, would cause education to, to get better. But I think we have to start at the university level. Stop funding uh, and literally defund the left by defunding these universities. And, and if people want to go to college, they got to pay for it or they got to go get a sponsor or they got to you know get a job and get the company that wants them to get that additional education to pay for that education. But right now we are wasting so much money. Most people that go to college, two thirds of those that go to college and get a degree end up doing something that has nothing to do with their degree. So that means they spent four five, six years of their life and a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars. And now Joe Biden wants to forgive student loan debt. So, so, so let me get this right. You go spend four or five years partying at college and somebody else is going to pay for that. In fact, the somebody else is going to pay for that is the guy working on your car. So, so the mechanic that didn't go get a college degree didn't waste five years of their life. They're actually doing pretty good now. They've got a family and they're, they're supporting their family and they're making good money, actually. But now they got to take their money and pay for your college degree that isn't worth the paper that's printed on it hanging on the wall. That is insane, folks. That is so, so wrong. But that's the Biden administration for you. That's the left. That's how they see things. They think that that kid that went and partied for four or five years should have their their uh, student debt paid for by you. And, and let's say you did go to college and you paid for your college. You actually paid off your student loans. Well, what about you? Why is it okay for their loans to now be forgiven, quote unquote forgiven? They're actually just being paid for by you and me. Why is it okay for that to happen for them, but didn't happen? I mean, this is just, this is this is so picking the winners and losers, just like only funding the public school instead of having competition. It cre It's just bad, bad policy. So Donna, I share your concerns, no doubt about it. I think we absolutely need to get off of government dependency in all these areas that shouldn't be involved. Education at the state level, not at the federal level. There's nothing in the Constitution that speaks of education. The Department of Education at the federal level is absolutely 100% unconstitutional. The federal government should have zero say in education. But at the state and local level, there is a proper role for government in the tradition of how we've done this in the United States and in virtually every state. And so it's a little stickier to just say no, and we're not going to be involved anymore. So that's why I think in the meantime, education uh, competition is absolutely the way to go. Fantastic call, Donna. Man, we're getting some good calls from Texas, but we got one coming up from Louisiana. If you stay with us through the break, you're listening to AFA at the core. The phone number, 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow 
political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Raising Godly Boys with Mark Hancock. Do you remember the day your son took his first step? Perhaps he had already been standing for a few weeks while holding onto the couch, but at some point he took a wobbly step toward your outstretched arms. You clapped and cheered, gave him a giant hug. Learning to walk is a key milestone in a boy's physical development, but learning to walk worthy is just as important for a boy's spiritual development. If your son has accepted Christ as his personal Savior, teach him to honor the Lord through his words, his thoughts, his actions. Colossians 1.10 is an excellent verse for you and your son to memorize together. It reminds us to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. To learn about the five critical needs of boys, visit Trail Off USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Find free resources to help you at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio We're back here on AFA at the Core Rick Green with you this afternoon The phone number to call is 888-589-8840 Again, Rick Green with you I'm America's Constitution Coach You can learn more at Patriot Academy. PatriotAcademy.com. We've been talking about competition in schools and the Supreme Court decision that was handed down today uh, that uh, basically says, look, you can't discriminate based on religion. So when you have a school choice program, which you should, every state should have this competition is good for education and every other product on the planet. Uh, when you have that, that you can't say, OK, look, here's uh, here's your voucher. Here's your, you know, eight thousand dollars or whatever. Go spend this at any school you want, unless unless they teach religion. That is absolutely discrimination. That's what the state of Maine was doing, and uh, that has been struck down by the Supreme Court. That is a big, big win for freedom of religion and for competition and education across the country. All right, back to the phones. Randy in Louisiana. Randy, how you doing? Comment or question this afternoon? Yes, sir. Uh, 
This Rick Green with uh, Flashpoint victory. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir, man. I love yeah. being on their program. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We listen to you every day. And Thank you, man. Thank there, you. Anyway, uh, but okay. First is a comment about gas prices. They just need to take the taxes off the pump because here in Louisiana, they never go where they're supposed to go for the roads. And second, as far as education goes, kudos to Maine and uh, the Supreme Court. And uh, they, they said, when I, I was uh, in the uh, fourth grade when they took prayer out of school, and uh, I think LBJ was running the show then, and I think he was the cause of all that. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure on that history, but uh, yeah, I think he had a big part. Education needs to go back to the states, and they need to start at the local level and get all these people out of the school board that want this critical race theory, because these school boards in Louisiana, it's a good old boy club, and uh, they're covering up for each other, even with uh, child abuse, yeah, uh, uh, sexual abuse in the schools. Yeah, and, we saw uh, that in. Yeah, no, we saw that in Virginia as well, you know, and that's that's actually what I think God used as the wake-up call for the country was that Loudoun County situation where, you know, no kidding. I mean, they they were taking Joe Biden's policy of of allowing boys to go into girls' bathrooms, and and this kid, they're, you know, uh, sexually molested a a girl, and and then they they covered it up and moved him to another school. He did it again. And that's how yeah. these uh, that's how that's how they do when they've got this radical leftist agenda and and horrible things happen as a result of it. They try to cover it up because it exposes them for what they are. And and Randy, you made so many good points there, you know, uh, and I'll say, I mean, it, it, there a lot of that does go back to Johnson. Now, he was vice president whenever the Ingle Vitel case came down. That was 62. That's the one that removed prayer from schools. And then the next year was Abbott Shep Bravey Collette. That one took the Bible out of schools. And, you know, then just a few years later, we're saying no Ten Commandments, no praying at football games. I mean, it just it just became ridiculous the way that they pushed God out of the system. But Johnson did have a lot to do with it because he was the one when he was a senator before before he was vice president. This would have been about eight years before the Ingle v. Vitell case. He did that 1954 Johnson Amendment. And the Johnson Amendment was while he was a U.S. senator, he was retaliating against the pastors in Texas that had campaigned against him. And he wanted to prevent people of faith from participating in the public debate. How does that sound? You know, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's exactly what big tech and Facebook and all these people have done over the last few years. And so he he began that process by pushing this amendment and saying, well, if you're a nonprofit, quote unquote, if you're in other words, if you're a church, you shouldn't be able to weigh in on the in the political realm. You shouldn't be able to talk about these things. Well, that's that's as anti First Amendment as anything. The founding era pastors, they talked about politics all the time from the pulpit. Why? Because politics, as Charles Finney said, Politics is part of a religion in a country such as this, and Christians must do their duty to their country as a part of their duty to God. God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take in politics. So his whole point was religion. our religion should impact everything in our life, and politics is part of our life because we live in a free society. Now, if we lived in the Roman Empire, then render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's would mean something very different. It would mean pay your taxes and obey what the government's telling you to do, and that's it because you're not in charge. It's a dictator. There is no liberty. But when you live in America, you are now Caesar. 
You are in charge. We, the people, are in charge. And so, so Finney's point was spot on. He was saying your faith should inform how you live out your life, and that includes how you live out your politics, how you live out your society, your your you treat your neighbor, how you form all of these things. But Johnson, he wanted people of faith to not be involved in that debate anymore. He basically wanted to go back to the dictatorship, but the dictatorship would be those anti-religious people like him telling the religious people what to do. And all we would be able to do is say, yes, Caesar, we'll do whatever you want. No, no, no. We are Caesar, all of us together, we the people, and we have debate and we vote on these things and we make sure that we uphold the Constitution. That's why we're not a democracy. It's another good lesson here. We don't just have debate and vote on it and, and, and majority wins all the time. That's not how it works. We're not a democracy. Democracy, the founders called a mobocracy, one of the greatest of evils, they said, because it always ends, as John Adams described, in violence, and, and, and it doesn't, doesn't last. A republic, on the other hand, and in our case, a constitutional republic, does last because it limits the government. So even though we do elect representatives to go you know, debate these things and make the decisions for us at the state level or at the federal level, whoever those reps or, or senators are, they don't get to just do anything that they want. They are boxed in. They are limited in their decisions to what the Constitution says. That's why being a constitutional republic is the aha moment, is the perfect one. I mean, the founders were kind of like Goldilocks. They were going in and saying, OK, democracy, how does that fit? Uh, republic, how does that fit? Ah, constitutional republic, just right. That porridge, perfect. Tastes just right perfect warmth. I mean, so in other words, constitutional Republic was the magic, man. That was the sweet spot. And we're losing that. Uh, we're losing that because we don't recognize constitutional jurisdictions anymore, but great call, Randy. Very, very good call. Lewis in Texas. Lewis, what part of Texas you calling from brother? Texas. <laughs> Just Texas, huh? <laughs> or Texas, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what part of Texas? Yeah. Oh, Belton, Texas. Oh, okay. You're not far from me. Yeah, I'm in Dripping Springs, so you're the other side of Austin for me. But yeah, go oh, ahead, okay. man. What's your comment or question? So I, got, I had two questions. One was, um, how's this going to work? Where this uh, been approved at the federal level, trickled down to Texas, and then the second question is, how about homeschoolers? You know, am I going to be able to? Uh, my kids been homeschooled since they were born. How uh, a voucher? How who do I go to, to to get a voucher if it gets approved? That's, that's yeah, good. Great, great question, Lewis. Okay, so here's how it works. This, What this decision did was it basically said that if a state has a school choice program, then they cannot discriminate against uh, education providers that also teach religion. So if your church has a school or you have a school that, that, that and frankly, every school teaches some sort of religion, whether they're teaching the faith of Christianity or they're teaching the faith of environmentalism and, and wacko worship the creation instead of the creator stuff, they all have a religion if we're honest about it. But, but specifically, they can't discriminate against you because you're a Christian school or whatever it might be. Now, the problem in Texas, though, Lewis, is we don't have that because our legislators have been wimps and they have been unwilling to pass school choice. You've got a handful of, of champions in there that have been pushing for this and championing it like I did when I was there. But frankly, you have most of them are they're scared to death of the teacher unions. Most of the, a lot of these reps, their school districts, the biggest employers are the school districts. And so the school districts with all those teachers hold sway over the elections. And so they say, don't do school choice because we think it'll hurt the public schools. School choice will help the public schools. Everywhere it's been done, it's helped the public schools get better. It actually is good for teachers, too, because if you have school choice, teachers are no longer paid the exact same just based on how many years they've been there. You actually get paid better if you're a better teacher. 
They should want that. They should want that competition. If you're a good teacher, you are for school choice because you know it's going to end up meaning an increase in your pay and better environments for you rather than this 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 crazy cookie cutter system we have in the in the public school system. So uh, I'm sorry, Lewis, I'm giving a long answer here, but the short answer is, unfortunately, right now you cannot get one in Texas. Push your state rep and your state senator to support school choice and make sure that, as you said, they include homeschooling. I support, I think the easiest way and one of the quickest things that absolutely should be passed, just makes sense, is you should at least be able to get a property tax credit if you're homeschooling. I mean, I'll just give you an example. I've homeschooled four kids all the way through. That's not true. I didn't homeschool four kids. My wife homeschooled four kids. I was just kind of like the principal. Um, Actually, I did some of the education, but my wife's the hero. She's the one that did all the hard work. So we, we homeschooled four kids all the way through. Do you know how much money we saved the local public school district? Four kids all the way through. So let's say 12 years, um, four kids. That's 48 years at about 15,000 bucks a year. So that's around $700,000. So $700,000 that the school district did not have to spend educating our children. We educated them and we paid for all of it. Now, shouldn't we have at least gotten, and, and in the meantime, we paid property taxes of, uh, it, well, I'll just tell you, in the, over that period of time, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So we paid the school district $200,000 to not educate our children and save $700,000. Does that make any sense to anybody? That's crazy. So yeah, absolutely, we should have at least gotten, I don't, you know, throw out a number, maybe two grand a year property tax credit while we're, you know, our our, our kids are being educated. So I, I'm with you, Lewis. I think homeschoolers should at least get some kind of property tax credit. That also avoids what Donna was concerned about, uh, or Tracy, I'm sorry, I can't remember who was it that, that had that uh, concern about uh, the, the money and strings and that sort of thing. You're just getting a credit on your on your property tax bill. Uh, there's zero oversight. See, in Texas, we have great homeschool laws. You, you, we are a private school in Texas. Thank you, Tim Lambert and Texas Homeschool Coalition. You are champions. Um, but but we we have fantastic homeschool laws. So we don't we don't want to mess with that. And we, and we don't want them to have any way to come in and regulate us as homeschoolers. But a property tax credit would be a great way to allow more people to homeschool. And I understand. I understand what people are, might be thinking. Well, what if you rent? How do you not that, agree that now you have an issue there and it's difficult? But at least for those property owners that are paying the bill and making that property tax bill. And part of the way you can you can impl- implement this uh, to cover everybody is that's where you do. Um, credit, you know, uh, um, uh, tax credits for for companies, and then they are able to pass it on to employees. And that's so. There's lots of other ways you can do it, um, but I I couldn't agree more with what Lewis wants to do. Unfortunately, we don't have that in Texas yet. Okay, we're getting close to running out of time, so let's get a couple more calls in before we're done. I think we have Marla in Kansas. So Marla, thanks for calling in from Kansas. What's your comment or question? Yeah, uh, I was a single mom raising my kids. Uh, working as a paraeducator at the middle school, um, the student loans that I have are over a hundred thousand um, dollars. In the meantime, in 2016, I got my bachelor's degree. I couldn't get a teaching degree because I couldn't afford to quit my job to do this semester of student teaching because I don't have anybody to pay my bills. Uh, in the meantime, I went back for my master's in mental health and wellness with an emphasis in, in families, and I got that, which increased my student loan. I went to work for uh, social, 
social work, I went out into the homes where these children live and people, teachers, teachers, principals, whoever needs to go out into these homes to see where these kids are living. It's yeah. awful. Hey, Marla, I hate to cut you off, but we're getting close to, to the end of the program. Go ahead. What's your, what's your, what's your uh, final comment or question? Ah, okay. Well, Marla, thank you for, for calling. Thank you for what you're doing, by the way. You're on the front lines out there and making a difference in people's lives. Uh, people's lives. We uh, we lost Marla. Okay, let's go to our last caller of the day. It looks like it's going to be Cynthia from Texas. Cynthia, go ahead. Hey, Cynthia, are you still with us? Yes, I am. I have go a for question. It. So the loan forgiveness, does that go toward people who have their master's and doctorates also? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, what I had read was they were going to do initially a ten thousand uh, loan forgiveness. That's the beginning of it, um, and, and so I'm not sure if it'll apply to any any college degree or any student debt. Uh, I guess we'll find out. But I, I think it, it 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 it's wrong no matter what it applies to because it's 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 taking money from some citizens uh, who did pay off their student loan debt or perhaps didn't go to you know maybe they didn't go to um, college and, uh, and, and, and they wanted to, but they couldn't afford to go or couldn't get the loans to go. And now they're going to have to pay off somebody else's student loans that did get to go. I mean, it's just immoral. It's immoral all the way around. It's theft. Um, and it's using government, uh, to implement that theft. So whether you break into my house, um, and, and when I'm not there at night and, and take the money out of my safe, or in this case, uh, you take the money out of my bank account when it's time to, to pay taxes and then you go give it to someone else. Whether you spend it on yourself or someone else, it's still theft. And that's that's exactly what's happening here, because it's it, First of all, it's, it's completely unconstitutional too. the federal government has no say here. Uh, we, we're, we're right back to what we talked about in the middle of the program. Constitution versus our constitutional republic versus a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. And we are we are losing the concept of jurisdictions and the federal government is so far outside its jurisdictions on so many things. We've just lost it. We've lost it. So we've got to get it back. We do that with education because ignorance is curable. Yes, we're ignorant. We're civically ignorant. We're biblically ignorant. But thank thank the good Lord. He gave us reasoning skills and we can study and we can learn and we can solve that ignorance. That's what this program is all about. AFA at the core. We're learning how to apply biblical worldview to these core issues of the day. We're learning how to be better citizens, to be biblical citizens. And I'm thankful that you came along for the ride. I'll be back with you on Thursday and Friday of this week. So much I didn't get to. Headlines about the vaccine increasing risk of infection and natural immunity being better. Now the science is obviously showing that. Oh, the whole Biden bike incident and the 25th Amendment. We'll talk about it Thursday. I'm Rick Green. Thanks for listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.